Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Out Angle Me podcast. Got my po co-host, not po-host, my co-host, <laughs> Mr. Mazzola. Good, How mate. are you, mate? It's bloody hot. How yourself? It's hot over there. And we have a special guest on tonight. We have Tim McKinnon. How are you, my bro? Yeah, good, brother. Yeah, I've got the aircon on, but I don't know. I don't know. I might have to get up and adjust it. It's on, <laughs> it's on 24, but I think we're going to have to go down to, 20, down to 18. Yeah, you're going to start sweating on us. <laughs> yeah, bro. Wow. So, um... Welcome to our podcast, man. We, we pretty much uh, want to get get you on here because you are the talk of the town at the minute in the IFPB. Oh, really? There are. Oh, yeah, man. There's a few people talking about you and about your next adventures yep. jumping up on stage. So, just uh, why don't you give us a rundown of who you are, what you do, um, about your competitive history, and yep. and you're also a pretty good coach. So, um, give us a plug, man. Talk to us. Okay. Well, uh, I don't really do this very often, so I'll start basically where I where I started. Um, I, I was a PT to begin with. I never really wanted to uh, bodybuild or anything like that. I was more interested in just see. I was I went to I I left school and I was like all about money. You know, I wanted to earn money. I wanted to do something that I could earn a lot of money. And and you know how you do all those tests at school where they tell you what um what career you should do. Yeah. I um I did like it came back engineering, engineering, engineering. So um I went and did engineering. Did eighteen months of it. Hated it. I don't think I was smart enough. Um, I always like to think I was smart enough, but I never really quite got there. You know what I mean? I never really meshed with the people. So I did that for a while and then I, um, went and just, I just PT bro. I started PTing while I was at uni. So I was like 18, 19 and, um, I was terrible at that as well. Um, no idea what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted to help people. Um, because my biggest thing is, you know, when you, it's like, I always trained and I sort of would always do sport and I would, you know, I was like the fit guy and I was the healthy guy, you know, but I was never able to translate that into other aspects of my life, you know? And so when I figured out how that benefited me, I wanted, I knew some, some, in some way or, or another, I wanted to help people realize that as well, you know, not just to look good and get girls and stuff like that, but you know, it translated into other aspects of your life because you, you know, you, you build up this sort of mental capacity, this, this mental strength, and you, you know, you set goals and you achieve them and you realize that that's a very addicting pattern, you know? Um, so yeah, I realized very quickly that I wanted to help people realize that, um, didn't really know where I wanted to go with it, but I just knew that I wanted to help people. So I started PTing, but I was terrible at it. I couldn't get clients. I wasn't, you know, didn't know what I was doing. So I thought that, um, I should go and learn how to PT. So I went and learned, um, from have you guys ever known uh heard of the guys from biologic labs from where sorry biologic labs no no so so it's like a private studio in brisbane and they do a lot of strength training they do like it's it's called issn um and there's a they actually opened a gym in melbourne called recomp um the the hey how brothers and um I can actually hear you very well, bro, but yeah. Um, and so I went and learned from them and they taught me sort of that, that, the, the niche aspect of, um, you know, coaching and, and getting someone to that point with their body that it's not just sort of basic health and fitness. It's taking it seriously and doing it, adopting that lifestyle, regardless of what your, your profession is. You know, you don't have to be a bodybuilder to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. And I really, really like that. Yeah. I like that aspect of bodybuilding. I don't, you know, I like the fact that I'm a bodybuilder, I compete, but I, I, it's sort of like a religion for me, you know, um, you know, I'll always eat and train and do that sort of stuff and, um, look after my body, you know, as much as I don't look after my body, I look after my body, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's kind of like, it's kind of like that sort of, um, 
monk lifestyle that I really love. And I, I love what that brings to, to the mind and to the, um, to the rest of your life, you know? So I really, you know, I, I went and learned from those guys and they sort of helped me how to, uh, help me, um, with that niche aspect of, of coaching. And then obviously I just took my business to a, a commercial gym and started building up my business from there. And since then, bro, since, since I was uh, 21, I've done 26 shows. Shit. Um, so, um, yeah, you're up, around, few... you're up around Dan and me. You're up around Dan and me. I think I've done 29. How many have you done? Dan? I've lost count. Someone asked me the other day, and I don't have no idea to be honest, but it'd be around 20, 30. <laughs> you're definitely over 20. Yeah. How old, are you, how, how old are you, Timmy? I'm 30 now, so I just turned 30. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've got some gray hair. Continue bro. on, my bro. You can't, you can't see the gray. <laughs> but, uh, hey, man, I'm so paranoid about my hair, bro. I'm telling you straight <laughs> up now. Yeah. I, like, I, I make sure I look this, after this bad boy. This, this, hair, <laughs> this hairline's receding and it's gray as fuck, bro. Though. Uh, same <laughs> as me. <well. laughs> Leave the lights down, bro. But um, yeah. yeah, so I think, um, you know, once you do a certain amount of uh, comps, and I was talking to a client the other day about this. You know, he put a lot of pressure on that first show. You know, he wants to win. He doesn't. He, he, he wants me to be honest with him. Do you think I'll win? Blah, blah blah. And I'm like, dude, I don't even care if you win. Like, do you like doing this? You know, you you, you haven't even done one show yet. You don't even know if you like it yet. So, um, I think after 25 shows, I like it. But still, I'm not sure. You know, I still don't know whether it's <laughs> what I want to do continuously. It's just I just know that the lifestyle is something I love. You know, um. But as far as, you know, the rest of me are pretty simple. Um, you know, I, I live the lifestyle every single day. And I guess that's, that's the only thing that sets me aside from other people is that I just am very consistent. Um, you know, I, I do have balance. Like I like to do other things as well, but for the most part, I'm probably the most consistent person you'll meet. Um, yeah, you can, you can pretty much bet down to like a very single digit percentage is where I'll be most of the time. <laughs> yeah, well. Like if someone wanted to murder me, they'd be easily able to find me and murder me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not I'm not random. I'm very, very um very, very like, you know, straightforward what I do. It's so how expected. old were you when you did your first show? I was twenty, bro, yeah. So I, I did uh the juniors IMBA. IMBA A and B before it was ICN. And um, I did all the junior shows. I won all of them. Um, I, the only things I didn't win were like the novice and the opens and stuff like that. I won all the junior stuff. And then I went to ITV and I won all the junior stuff as well. So I started to think, okay. maybe now I can do something with the, with the comps, you know? And I started to like, yep. you know, maybe I should actually keep doing this. And um, and then as soon as I went to open, I started losing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a different thing. Because I'm, I'm a taller guy too. You know what it's like when you're taller. You know, all the shorter guys, they sort of grow really quick exponentially they get that sort of like roundness and fullness early, but as a tall guy, it takes you long. Like I'm at, I'm 30 now and I feel like I'm finally getting to the point where I don't need to like eat as much food to be a bit fuller. You know what I mean? I, I used to have to eat yeah, six yeah, yeah, and a half, yeah. 7,000 calories. Now I can eat sort of four and a half and I'm, I'm keeping that sort of, I have to agree with you, bro. I'm the exact same. I'm the same. Like I don't, yeah. I don't have to eat as much to put slowly, put the size back on. It's, it's kind of, yeah. I don't know if it's just because I'm like, I'm a bit older than you to me. I'm almost 36. How old are 36 you? 36 as well. Oh shit! I thought your was going to be but but, uh, but I, I've noticed the same as well, Timmy. Like I, yeah. with my age and stuff like that, I've, I've noticed that there's a little bit more of a um, there's a little bit more easier. Yeah, it's like, a, um, like a when it comes to nutrition. To, yeah, it's weird. It's mm. weird, bro. Yeah, but I, I, I realized that too recently because I had I did I was prepping for that show in the last year when COVID uh, was heavy and they cancelled it. Remember that one? Yeah. And I was I was about six weeks out and they cancelled it. Um, that was the second time through that they cancelled the show on me. So I just pulled the plug on everything, man. I, I stopped everything, stopped all stops, stopped all food. I was just like, I just had enough mentally. 
Um, you know, when you, when you have a lot of other goals too, you know, like I said, I'm not just a bodybuilder, but I love that lifestyle. So competing for me is, it's like, a it's a way for me to sort of like stamp a time. Like it's, you know, I've got six months for that. And then it's a way for me to sort of cap things, yeah. um, rather than so concerned about the placing and being a pro and all that sort of stuff. I just care about, you know, I'm training about, I'm training for this particular thing. And so when they keep canceling the shows, you don't have that reward. Yeah. And um, I just pulled the plug on it, man. Like I stopped everything. I lost like 15 kilos, came off, you know, and I was eating barely anything. Just, I just, I just had enough mentally and, and that was the end of last year. And so now I've just gotten back into it start of this year and I only really need 3000 calories, man. Like I've been, I've been pushing 5,000. I'm getting fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't really need that much food. Yeah. So. You, yeah. Pretty big frame on you because how how, how, t- how tall are you and how much do you weigh, Tim, for the video? Yeah, so I'm 180, so that's like 5'11", yeah. and I'm about 120 kilos now. Um, but that's that's like, you know, I've just started back into it, so everything's very low. Yeah. So I usually, in the off-season, I try to sit around 130 kilos uh, in condition, you know what I mean? Um, that's, okay, that's, when, was, when was your last show, Timmy? The last show was Japan Amateur Olympia in 2019, so that was... Man, it seems like ten years. Three ago. years ago, yeah. It was so three long years ago. ago, yeah. It was ages. Because I think my last show was 2018, bro. My last show was 2018. Yeah. See, it just so feels like, like you almost forget how to do it. You know, I prep people all the time, but yeah. I forget how to how it feels. You know. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so really, your last show was. How did you go in that show? I came third. Um. I came third at both oh, amateur I thought you. Yeah, I thought you were yeah. second. I thought I thought you played second. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. I did five shows that season. I did. I went over to Vegas. I did the Amateur Olympia there. I got third there in the Supers. And that's the one that Logan won his pro card at because he won his class. And they, right. gave, they gave out right. four pro that's cards. Right. So I was very close to that one. And then I came back and I did the States here. I did the Queenslands. Then I did the Nationals. Um, I did Actually, I did Bendigo before Vegas. That's the way how, how I qualified. Um, I did the Bendigo show and they paid for my flights. That was cool. That was like the first ever prize money I've won. I was there. I saw you on that show. Yeah, I saw that yeah. Show. You won that easy, bro. You won that easy. Yeah, so that was that was cool because like I've never ever got reward like prize money, you know. And that was really cool. That was a cool year, man. That was probably like if I look at my at my life, that's the coolest year I've had. You know, what I mean? like I'm like fuck. I need a I need a beat 2019 somehow because like I traveled. I was in Thailand for ages and I traveled all over the world, man, competing and stuff. That was the best year of my life so far. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so far, like we've just been locked down and everything. I haven't been able to do anything. So the next one I do, and that's why it's been hard because the next show that I want to do, I don't want to do like a Queensland titles or a national titles. I want to do, you know, amateur Olympia in, in, you know, Europe, or I want to do Arnold's in Brazil or something like that. I want it to be extravagant. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't want to just do Sleeman Center. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so what's the timeline looking for you? Have you got something picked out this year or? Uh, at the moment, I'm working on a lot of sort of imbalances and um, I, I realize now looking back, I look back at all my photo checking stuff, there's a lot of imbalances, even though, you know, to everyone else, it looks all right. It, to me, I'm just super OCD with it, you know, and if I want to present something on stage, I've got to go back. And actually, it's a blessing in disguise because losing a little weight, you figure out where your imbalances are a lot quicker. Yeah. When you're strong, you don't notice it, yeah. you know, when you're really, really strong, you just, you just train and you don't really care. But when you're weaker, you start to notice, like, I've had sore elbows, man. I haven't had sore elbows ever, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I don't, right. know if, I don't know if that's an age thing or just, a, like, you know, the subs are low, food's low, you know, your recovery's shitty, and you notice all of this stuff. And so I think I'm at a point now where I don't have to prove anything to myself. I just want to 
I want to, I want the next show that I, that I do to be something I remember forever. And, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't really necessarily care about the pro card or winning or anything like that, but I want to just, I don't want to do another show unless it's exactly the way I want to look in every aspect. So I'm really, really picky about it, you know, and I want the show. What are you, what are you bringing up to me? What's that? Sorry to interrupt you, Timmy. What, what are you going to bring up? Like, what, what, where's your weak body points? Where do you find that you're, um, you're spending a lot of your time and, and on your training at the minute? Um, posterior. So I have a very, uh, like, I'm, I'm quad dominant. And so I have very sort of anterior hip tilt. Um, uh, so posterior glutes, hams. Like, even though I have good glutes, it's the way that they engage when I'm training. So it puts a lot of stress on my lower back. And the, one of the criticisms from the judges last prep, uh, last show, sorry, was the lower back area. Um, so I walk around, man, okay. and my lower back's engaged all the time. It's 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 tight. Yeah, I'm exactly you know, the same. So I've got a lot of lower back strain. Um, so I'm working on bringing a tilt of my hips back straight up, so the lower back okay. the lower back relaxes, and all those muscles around, you know, that um, uh, rectum muscles and stuff. Yeah, all yeah. those rectum muscles they 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 jack up, man. Especially in a prep when you when your food's like you know down, you're doing off the cardio and stuff. It sort of blows your waist out a little bit from the back of the bicep. Um, and one of the criticisms mm. was it's the same on like someone like Ronnie Coleman when he does a back double bicep. It looks like he's got fat there, but it's actually just the skin folding. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you do a back double bicep and your lats sort of hang over your lower back, you get this like skin fold because your your um, lower back is jacked like up. Like a Kai Green. It's yeah, like, it's, yeah. It's like a Kai Green sort of look. Yeah, yeah. and even even if you're like zero percent body fat, you still get this this skin fold. Um, and I put that down to just having too much muscle there because in the lower back, you know, and I don't, and I think. I don't need it. I don't need the lower back muscle to do all these exercises. It's just from walking around with that hip tilt, you know? So I'm working on that. And, you know, 12 years of bodybuilding, it's, it takes a while to undo. Um, right. That primarily, and then also just pressing. You know, I've always sort of under, I've been underdeveloped in pressing muscles, so triceps and chest. So if I can work those, and obviously with those two comes like the mid-back stability. So if you, if you build your mid-back, you know, actually, you know, work your lower traps, build that up, then your pressing will grow and um, your chest and triceps should grow off that. So you ever see someone with a good chest, they always have a good mid-back. Look, look at Luke Chembry, you know what I mean? Always no, have massive yeah, chest. Freaky chest, bro. Yeah, freaky and then you, you turn around, he's got that mid-back density because it's it's the pressing stability, you know? Yeah, yeah. So those are the things right. we're working on. Was, yeah. Okay. Are you doing all your own programming in that yourself? Uh. No, so at the moment, bro, I'm working with a coach called uh, Nick McCallum. He's doing actually Aaron's um, training as well. He's like a, um, I don't actually know. I don't want to offend him with what he actually is. I'm actually sure what he is, but he's done a lot of study under Ian King. Uh, I don't know if you guys know that guy, but he- Yeah, I do. I yeah, do. yeah, yeah. So he's he's learned a lot of stuff from him and he's just sort of helping me with, like he'll look at me and just know exactly what to change in the training, like the order of training you know, specific, like specificity, not necessarily of exercises. Like he'll sort of let me choose exercises, but the type of exercise, like horizontal row or horizontal press or something like that, you know, he'll just write the type and um, just look, you know, I see him once a week. He does like, you know, the therapy, we'll do all the flexibility and stuff. Um, and he's just making me do that stuff because, you know, it's like when you go to the gym and you're all jacked up and pre and you had all your carbs, you just want to lift. You don't want to stretch, bro. Yeah, <laughs> It's like the worst <laughs> thing, you know? Going in the gym and stretching, bro. I'm just like, what is going on? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Seeing you do the fucking splits is going to be hilarious because you're huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's like, it's it's one of the weirdest things mentally because you're so like focused on this workout and training hard. 
and you're just standing there just like stretching, you know? Yeah. And you just, it's so... And the pre kicks in, you're just like, fuck. Yeah, it's weird, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really interesting how, you know, how that translates because the biggest thing with me now is since I've stopped PTing, like I stopped PTing four years ago and I've been online uh, doing, you know, working from home. And so your shape changes when you sit in a chair all day long, your shape changes, man. Like your hip, thr- your hip um, flexors shorten, your quads shorten. Like I'm getting smaller calves because I'm not walking around all the time, that sort of stuff. So it's weird. But I'm um, trying to move that into my training to actually um, benefit me, you know? Yeah. Right. I was reading one of your right. posts um, and like obviously, you know, you had a bit of time off the end of last year and that and you said you were sort of getting back yeah. getting back to basics and I think it's probably yes. something good to talk about for, you know, so a lot of the beginners out there and you've mentioned, um, you know, execution over intensity. Yeah, yep. Um, so, like for you, what's the importance, I guess, and obviously you've found some, a weakness there somewhere where you've changed that mm. mindset. Could you go into that a little bit? Yeah, so when I first learned, like this is what it goes back to, when I first learned how to PT people properly with that niche, remember I was talking about that with the biologic labs guys, they were all about intensity. You know, they, they, they it was sort of like, and this is no knock on them because obviously their model works for their clients, but their model was like 80% intensity and 20% execution, mm. you know? And so when you take someone who's broken, that's just going to break them more. Um or if you take someone who has no idea how to train, it's just not going to work. Whereas if you've got someone like Phil Heath, you know, you, you can leave the execution out the door because he's already well-trained. He doesn't need to worry about how to move. He's already well-trained. He's, you know, he, he, it would be harder for him to screw up execution than to, you know, than to, than to do it well. So you can focus on intensity then. So if you've trained for 10 years, your execution is secondary. Whereas if you've trained for one year, your, your, your execution is primary because you just don't know how to move yet. So I think for me, I went too early on. Like I was deadlifting 320 when I was 21, you know, <laughs> um, focusing on weight, you know. And, and so then when I get to like 30, I can't do that anymore because I'll break, yeah. you know, because I don't have the execution down pat. As much as I'm strong, I can move weight. It's not moving that particular muscle that's lacking detail. And so, you know, that's the, that's the thing. It's a constant battle between intensity and execution. And if you don't know where you're sitting with those two variables, you need to go right back to the beginning. Yeah. And that's where I'm right now, you know? And I'm finding little tiny things change, just even the imposture, like when I'm sitting here right now, you know, just little tiny things really make a massive difference over and over and over. If you just repeat them over and over and over, you get to a point where you actually train, you know, seeing your, seeing your gym session, like your chest workout as a way to train your body rather than training the muscle. You're training your body how to hold the positions, you know, the posture, everything. And then you can focus on intensity after you've done that for a significant period of time. So that comes down to like changing your program too regularly as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, people want to, people want to have this sort of like, like exciting way of training because they want to change all the time, but they're forgetting the underlying reasons why they're doing it in the first place. And their body's just not never getting to that trained position and they're never growing, you know? How long are your, how long are your training blocks, bro? Man, I'll, uh, so at the moment, it's like tiny, like pretty much I've been doing the same thing since uh, since October. Uh, so as long as it needs to be. Um, the training doesn't really change. It's just tiny little, uh, you know, like it, instead of doing, you know, like a horizontal press, you, you'll you move to like a banded press where you have the weight um, disengaged from the top. You'll do that for a period of time and then you'll move to like a rack press where there's like no band and a rack. You're just like locking from the top. And then you'll move, take the rack off and just do normal press, but it's the same movement pattern. Yeah. You know what I mean? So things, okay. things like yeah, that, yeah, where yeah. it's like a progression of, um, 
So you're just looking at the biomechanical movement in the same sequence, but just you're adding variety to that sequence. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, you, you always have like an incline press. You can change the machine, dumbbell, incline, barbell, whatever, but it's still the movement pattern is the exact same. Um, yeah. And so you're training your stability, all that sort of stuff to stay the same. And then, you know, over like a year, then you may be able to go, okay, is this working? But if you haven't done it for that long, you don't know. Yeah, that's very true. You know? Right. It's funny you mentioned really, really crucial. Phil Heath, like one of the things he said, I, I, I don't know where he said it, and I remember hearing it years ago, but it always stuck with me. It was like, he said, the greatest bodybuilders in the world, obviously it comes down to genetics, but it also comes down to the best bodybuilders in the world have the greatest, um, they can engage the muscle the best, you know? Yeah, bro. Yeah, 100%. Like everyone gives people shit for talking about my muscle connection because it is kind of a weird abstract concept, but some people are just born with that. You know what I mean? They're just born with stability. They, for whatever reason, from zero to 15, they had no issues with their posture and they went to a gym when they were 15 and they just started training with perfect posture. Mm. Whereas other people sat down were computer gamers. Like I was a gamer, man. When, when I was like young, I was a gamer. I always sat at a computer. So I trained my body with a poor posture from a young age. So I had to kind of go back and fix all that stuff. You know, so it really depends on how you grew up, where you're at in sport. Like a lot of people who are elite sport, like Phil Heath was uh, NBA. I think he was NBA or something. Yeah, NCAA. You know, or, or maybe, no, he played college ball. Yeah, he played, college, yeah. He played college ball. Yeah, so he, he would have had yeah. coaches showing him posture and technique and all that sort of stuff from a very young age. And then go and do bodybuilding. you got a very good starting position because your posture is all set up. Whereas someone who's like never trained before, never even done any sports, never even trained their core, go and do deadlifts and wonder why they bulge a disc. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I think all that stuff is is misinterpreted, and you know, like Instagram makes it easy now. You know what I mean? Whereas all those people that are like professional bodybuilders by forty five, they've been training with perfect posture for for literally thirty years. Mm. You know, they don't have to think anymore. It's not. A, it's not a. They don't even have to worry about it. They just walk in the gym, do a lap pull down. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think a lot of yeah, the I think problem really... too is with, with a lot of the programs that come through with these, you know, these PT certs, they don't they don't teach a hell of a lot. You know, they teach you the basics, but they're not truly teaching people how to, you know, engage um, their muscles properly. And you see these yep. PTs training them in the gym, and they're doing like a lat pull down or something, and they're swinging the weight around, or they're not even contracting their lats. You know, half of them yeah. they can't even contract their lats. You know, like um. And, yep. you know, you guys would get it too. I'm, I'm sure when you take like a novice bodybuilder and they come in and you take them for posing for the first time and you know, they, they can't flare their lats or they, it's like, dude, you've been training, yeah. you've been training for like three years and you can't even do a, a rear double, that's, you know, they can't. Yeah. That's some of the stuff I've been learning now too, is like Nick's been sort of putting in my head that there is literally no point in doing this exercise if you can't flexibly do it without weight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If, if you're using weight to put yourself in that position or if you... For example, if you can't actually stretch your chest to a position that you need to get to with the lat pull down, you're not even going to use your, your lats. You know what I mean? You're too tight on the front to even mm-hmm. get the right amount of range of motion. Um, so, yeah, I think I think a lot of people need to, um, like, not that this is like a, me pointing fingers at people, but I think a lot of people misinterpret the training in general. It's like, you know, instead of just going into the gym and, and trying to lift heavy as possible, it's like, you know, work on all your posture, work on your underlying lifestyle factors that are causing those issues in the first place and then and then get a program that matches what you're trying to fix rather than just training chest, biceps, legs. You know, if you if your lower back's all jacked up, you're not getting enough nerve supply to your legs and you're not getting enough blood supply, you know, um, you're just not going to train, you're not going to get hypertrophy to your legs. 
it's not going to grow. It doesn't matter how heavy you train, you know. The, mm. the biggest thing is too, you know, those working on your posture and stuff like that. That's the last thing anyone wants to do. It's not fun, you know, especially if you're yeah. you're new to the gym. You just want to Fucking get in there and like smash out as much weight as you can and lift with your buddies. But no one's yeah, really man. thinking of the consequences or how much you'll you'll actually progress so much faster if you just take the time to work on those those simple things and yeah, mobility. Exactly. I, I de- ideally, I think like I think one of the biggest things is, especially with the young guys at the minute, is that they they they're scared to ask for help. Yeah, like they don't actually sort of reach out to someone out that may have more experience in the gym, or um, or may seek out spending a little bit of money on someone that does have an education and has mm. got to a level of the ability of just biomechanical movement and understanding structural structural weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So I found, especially when I was PT and, and I still do PT, to the point where I have a lot of I do have a lot of young clients on on my team that that actually don't know how to, to, to move or structurally move right yeah. with a machine or or gets to a point where they, they actually don't know how to engage that like you were talking about earlier. The, the thing is with these young guys, what's happening is they follow their mate's trend. So they, they get in the gym, their mates say, do it this way, do it this way, but they've got no education around whatever they're doing or they haven't they haven't got the ability to, they haven't got their selves to an accurate, an, an accurate sort of size or structure where, it's it's almost commendable so it's sort of like hey look you know why don't you follow me because it works for me in this sort of sense but mm. there's a lot more around that in regards to obviously weaknesses in, in engagement so yeah i found with the pt sector man that there's just a lot of people that aren't that don't want to reach out for help unless you say hey and you go out of your way and say if you try it this way this will help you mm. you know so um I, was you know, a- I do i do find when I was young, man, Go to me. I, yeah, sorry, bro. When I was just, I just thought of something really interesting. Like when I was younger, I mean, there was no, um, I mean, I'm not that old either, but like when I was younger, there was no, um, like Facebook or Instagram. Or anything Senior. Like that. You know what I mean? And so like, I'd have to yeah. go and ask, you know, this guy in the gym who had to do a bicep curl or something. And like, you just know that they don't know. Cause like they don't look good or, you know what I mean? So there's no information. Whereas nowadays, you can literally message Phil Heath on Instagram. You know what I mean? You can literally reach out to someone you look up to and contact them. Yeah. So I feel like what you're saying is correct, man. Like, if you're not doing that and you're a young guy who's enthusiastic about this, if you're not doing that, you're literally, like, on the back foot, man. Like, it's so easy. 100%. And there's, like, you got, obviously, people that are listening, there's three coaches here that have been through the shit know what good coaching is and then it's also coming to a point where, where our accolades have actually got us to an achievement of obviously reaching um high level amateur or pro cards mm-hmm. so the thing is 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 it's, it's funny when when you do see unfortunately kids get either intimidated by who we are or they don't want to ask in general in this um they feel they're embarrassed or something goes on i, I you know yeah. like i remember when i was in the gym i had a, an older an older guy that was doing a comp and i remember now this is in genesis this is when i was about 18 19 when i want to do my my junior junior years and um he looked fucking amazing mm. amazing and i was so timid to go and say to him hey bro can you give me a hand just learn how to do a deadlift mm-hmm. or a squat or whatever it was and he goes nah man i'm all cool like you should have come and asked me earlier i was more than happy to give you a hand Mm. It's just it's making sure. Unfortunately, the 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 whole aspect around the gym environment is Instagram and taking photos and doing mm. all that. I get all that, but the serious lifters and that. If you are listening, and you are younger, don't be scared to go and ask a, a senior or someone that you think trains better than mm. you. Go and yeah. ask for help, man. Like it's not it's not hard, you know. 
and and like you were saying to me, Instagram and Facebook is so easy accessible now mm. with the young generation that they they actually should not be scared to reach out and try and get yeah. a response. And I feel like I feel you like know? more to that, bro. Is like there's like no excuse to be like ignorant or like in with the wrong information now. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there should be no there's no excuse to like spend ten years figuring out anymore. You know what I mean? You can figure it out. Nah, in, man, in like a it's week all fast track now. Yeah, so yeah, it's fast track. Like, I, yeah. like we didn't, ha- we don't, we we didn't have the ability to access a lot of pros or a lot of good amateurs or even that the variety of coaches that are out mm. now, where people can actually reach out and seek some help. Yes, it may have a cost factor to it. Yeah, it may have a cost factor to it. But what's what's a hundred bucks worth of someone's time to actually? help you correct a technique or make you understand a nutrition plan or, or a nutrition plan, sorry, not pattern, a nutrition plan or, or reach out for that, that help to actually get you to wherever you want to get to. I know there's a lot of young guys that want to turn pro and get in the Olympia stage and that, but fuck man, like the, 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 one, you got to have the genetics and two, you've got to, you got to have the ability to, um, I would like to say this in a polite way, but give up a fucking lot of your life. Yeah. Give up a lot. I remember, do you guys remember the uh, Lane Norton prep? Yeah. fucking yeah, series yeah, yeah, on body, yeah. bodybuilding.com. I remember yeah. I did that. And there was another one, Chris Gethin. Do you remember yeah, the Chris yeah, Gethin yeah. one? I remember yes. I learned a lot yeah. from that, bro. Fuck, well, that's that, ages that like ago, the, bro. That, that yeah, was like the one place you could go. That was it. It was bodybuilding.com. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a Bible. Yeah. It was a yeah. Bible, and bro. that was it, man. So like you'd, you'd search the forums and stuff, but now you can literally just, like I can inbox Jay Cutler and I'm pretty sure he'll reply, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's so yeah. cool, you know? So I think... Um, I wish I could go back to like 18 when I was learning and just like oh, be here man. now, you know what I mean? I'd have extra 10 kilos on. So, but Timmy, you got you to understand too, like even even now though, Timmy, man, you're like, you're not even at your oh. peak yet, bros. Yeah. Bro, you're Definitely 30, not. dude. I, like I can't <laughs> get about big you at the age of 30, man. Like, yeah, that's true. Um, so what, so when's your next, so what's your next prep? What's your next show? What What's what's your plans yeah. right now? Um, so right now I'm just going to spend sort of like the next six months um, just filling out. So, cause I lost a lot of size and fullness because I just stopped everything. So I'll just see how that goes. You know, I'm staying on, on top of my health. Um, that's another thing too. Like I've always neglected, like I've always done it, but I've, I think now that I'm like, I've gone the other way where I was just sort of gone cold Turkey with it. I'm now like clean slate now check every eight weeks. You know what I mean? Checking my health, everything, just um, staying a really sort of a little bit more anal with it. Um, and just, and then also pushing it a little bit harder, uh, with the food, a little bit with the training now that I've got all that stuff in line. So I just see how my body holds with this next sort of phase next six months. I'll, I'll, I should be able to get as full as I can with that. And then, um, and, and when I, when I talk about fullness, I'm literally talking about if you miss a meal, you know, you lose fullness. So it's yeah. like, you gotta, you gotta stay hundred percent with your diet for six months to be as full as you can be. So it's not it's not just like get a bit heavier. It's like if you don't if you don't hundred percent with your diet for six months straight, you won't be anywhere near the fullness you need to be when you're sitting at that weight. You know what I mean? Mm. So that's gonna it takes time, yeah. man. So um, I need to do that, and then I'll look at how I'm looking at um at that point, and I'll make a decision either season B or something next year. But really, what I'm looking for is just the the country to open up and everything to be normal because I can't I don't think I can handle another cancellation to be honest. Yeah. So are you? So if you're going to do season B, that would be obviously the amateur Olympia again, maybe, or you're going to yeah. do the big titles. I'll do something overseas. Oh no, you do the quick. I'll do something overseas. Do overseas. So you're not going to do an Australian show again? 
not unless there's like a qualifier where they pay for flights again, like the same sort of Bendigo show. I actually really like the Bendigo show, man. Like the, they, the Scotty and um, can't remember the other guy. Uh, there's two guys that, that that's organised that one. Scott Goble. Uh, Scott, Go- Scott yeah. Goble and um... there's another guy. I can't remember his name now. But yeah, those two. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually a really good show, man. Um, uh, I really enjoyed that. But yeah, so. I'll be something in the end of the year potentially or start of next year. That's sort of the timeline for me. Nothing, nothing earlier than that because, um, yeah, I just, I, I need to really fill out. That's the thing. It, it takes, it takes, it, you know, you got to sort of work your training up and then once your training's at, at full capacity, then you, then the food starts to get to that point where you, you know, you're really eating to actually progress. Like, I don't think I've progressed with training for like at least six months. You know what I mean? Nothing's really moved forwards. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's still just sort of like. Do, are, you, are you saying training wise in regards to what you're, the way that you're lifting the weight, or you're not progressing because of the 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 size or the mass of the muscle? Yeah, like, the size. Explain of, that. Yeah, to me. I haven't really grown any muscle tissue since I stopped the prep. Um, well, I definitely, okay. I definitely haven't. I've just been, you know, because you go from here, you kind of like stop everything, you stop eating as much, you flatten out. You don't really lose size; you just like flatten out. And then when you start again, you kind of resetting that point. You know what I mean? You're trying to. It is maybe a little you bit. You're back to your yeah. end point to where it is. Yeah, yeah. And then you, once you're at that fullness, then you can potentially push all-time strength. You know, so but I'm also dealing with new posture and all that sort of thing as well. So it's kind of a weird position where it's like no man's land. You know, I'm almost sort of because I log everything too. That's the other thing. I log everything. I like all my log books. You know, so I look back through that. Dory in the eight style, yeah, bro. Yeah. Dory in the eight <laughs> style, eh? I'm nowhere near all-time strength. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nowhere near. So um, it takes a while to get back to that. So do you, here's a personal question. Do you, do you look at your competitors? Yeah, hundred percent, bro. Always. Yeah. I, I, okay. I, I use that because, um, you know, it's interesting how people, you know, uh, what they present, how they present themselves. I think that's the biggest thing is I like to look at what they're saying rather than how they look. Um, I think what they're saying and how they're saying it and the way they, the way their face looks and all that sort of stuff is really a, a lot more of a, a story than what they actually physically look like. You know, because someone can look. Cool. So who? So, so who? Who are you watching at the minute? You tell me who you fucking oh, who's, who you gauging at the minute. So, um, I like I, I've been following Mike Pearson. Oh yeah. Um. Right. Okay. Is that? Yep. Did I say his he's name a, right? He's a, a. I feel like I said his Mike name Pearson, wrong. Yeah. For some reason. No, that's right. Yeah. No, no, Mike Pearson. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was Mike thinking Pearson, like yep. Sam Pearson in my head, so I was like, "Fuck, what's going on?" <laughs> um, and then um, someone like um. I think there's a couple of guys competing in um, this season, but Mike Pearson's someone I've been following him because he um, he has a very similar approach mentally to me, you know. And so I like to sort of gauge off how he's going, just because we think a lot, we think very similarly about training and um, the way we approach things. Right. So it's a good guide. Whereas if I sort of compare myself to someone that doesn't think like me, it, I'm just really just going superficially. So it's not really a good gauge for me. Whereas someone like Mike, that would be a much better match. Yep as competitor because we are thinking the same and we have a well, Mike, similar Mike's stature. a tall guy, man. That's right. We have a similar stature. We have a similar structure. Yeah, well, Mike, 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 Mike's six... Isn't Mike six two? I think he's taller than me, bro, yeah. He's a lot taller than me. He's six two because yeah. he's taller than me because yeah. I'm six one. He has to be six two because he's, yeah. he's one of the tallest guys on the circuit. Yeah. So, and Mike, Mike Pearson's probably the same age as you, would he be? Yeah, we both... Uh, I think he maybe is like one year or younger or something like that. But we both have like okay. that sort of like classic big dude, you know, we're not sort of like, it's like short and stumpy. So like, I don't really compare myself yep. to someone, you know, that's shorter than me with a different sort of frame because 
you know, even in the pros, you know, you're never going to like, you're never going to stand next to someone and go, I want to beat that guy. So I'm going to try and beat him physically because mm. you just can't, you know, it's not the same sort of body. So there's no point even trying to right. match it. You just go for your strengths. So I think m- right. mine and Mike's are similar strengths potentially. And so comparing myself to someone like him would be much more uh, profitable. You know what I mean? Um, right. And so, yeah, I, I, but I think he's doing really good, man. I don't know. Actually, you have a suspicion that he's doing season eight. So I'm not sure if he's watching this comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's the thing, but like, I, I, I like, I haven't heard, like I haven't, I, um, I haven't heard much of Mike at all on socials or anything like that. Um, you know, he's he he's a very very good bodybuilder. Mm. He's in a, he's got a crazy physique. Mm. His glutes, I have never seen in my entire life. The glutes this guy has. I mean, <laughs> it looks like he's he's a duck. You know, um, yeah. but he's but his conditioning on the last show was pretty remarkable. I have yeah. to give it that. His overall size for a young guy was pretty freaky. Mm. He's got crazy legs. I mean, um, I mean, lucky. You know, like a lot. Like, I follow lucky too, but like I was just about to say lucky. Yeah. But I mean, he doesn't really post. So you got either. like you got guys at the minute, especially. Sorry, Timmy. Sorry, I cut you off. Then sorry. Oh, mate, no, I say? just said he doesn't really post much, so it's hard to kind of like keep up to date with these people if they don't post much, you know. Yeah, so I know there's like for season. I think season B, season B. I know there's going to be some good competitors up. I know there's Sean B from Melbourne. Mm-hmm. He's a good mate of mine. This guy's legs are pretty fucking freaky. Yeah, I remember like, he. Um, I've trained. I've trained. Yeah, I try. I've, he's got some pretty big improvements, and he's doing some pretty cool things at the minute. He's he's looking really good. Um, he's a big boy. There's um, obviously you've got uh, Mike Pearson. Then you've also got um, you've got uh, the guy from one gym. Um, um, Lucy. His name Hussy. Hussy. Yeah. Hussy. <laughs> what did you say, Hussy? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, sorry if I got your name wrong. Uh, Michael Lucy. I know that there's a bit of talk around him and his physique and the improvements yeah. he's got. He's improved there's, a lot. Um, who, he's improved a lot. I, I just, but that's what I was talking about. It's hard to compare myself to someone like him because he's got a very different structure. And so you know you can't even yeah. you can't even judge yourself when you look at a picture of him and then stand next to him. The two different things. So it's like it's really just sort of pointless to compare yourself to someone that doesn't have. Oh, totally. From a height, from, from a height factor and structural yeah. factor, of course. Mm. But the, the talks are of obviously, oh, yeah. you know, there's a selective group of you guys that are trying to fight for that, you know, that that title, mm. I suppose. And um, look, me being Webby and that is always, you know, there's always something sent to me, or there's all some goss <laughs> talked about or whatever, and I always seem to find out the ins and outs of some bullshit. <laughs> but the, the biggest thing right now is is that they have been talking a lot about you, bro, and they and they're talking about like obviously. The structural aspect, the aesthetic mm. aspect, the overall mm. balance of your physique, and then to top it, the conditioning that you bought mm. from the Olympia that I remember. Yeah. Bro, you're pretty fucking unstoppable. Like, I, I know you're saying that you placed third, but to be fair, man, from a structural standpoint, how tiny your waist was mm. to how big your quads were, to yeah. how, how your, your even your front double bicep pose was freakily good. Um, and then you turn from the back, bro. You put obviously, as you were saying, you just had to bring your hamstrings and stuff up, which I do agree mm. with you. Um, but your overall, your overall back structure, you mm. huge back, man. Like it's kind of you look like a disc. Like I can throw you <laughs> off a mountain, bro, and you would abseil down almost. <laughs> but um, but in saying that too, like you are, you are one. You, I didn't realize that. I thought you were a little bit older, but your your age is on you, man. Like you, you're good at thirty, bro, and you've yeah. got a great career ahead of you. If that's your thanks, bro. If you're chasing this that, is, you know what I mean. I'm fired up. Let's go train. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Into, are we good? Are we good? Well, the like, thing is, the thing is, when it, when, the thing is, when you love bodybuilding as much as much as Dan and I do, bro. Like having having good amateur bodybuilders on and pro bodybuilders come come on to our podcast, and we've got a few good guys lined up. Yeah. 
the the thing is, is obviously speaking to someone as yourself that is a coach mm. that has worked essentially with some amazing clients and you've done very well out of your clientele. And, and then to see you constantly be a strong competitor amongst the heavyweight com- guys in the IFBB, mm. like you, you are a force to be reckoned with, bro. Like you are... You know, you, you you have a really good career depending on how far you take this, or if yeah. you stay or don't stay, you know. And, and look, we're all good mates with Chris Thomas. Yes. You know what I mean? And Chrissy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, have a, I have a good yarn with Chrissy all the time, bro, and he talks you up like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> you know, he yeah. loves you, bro. Yeah, he yeah. fucking loves you. That's you the know? other thing, and, too. Um, hey, so, like, I'll put this out there um, about coaching. So, I don't know if you wanted to move into this yet, but, like, I think for a I think the, for a I think, topic. I think the biggest thing that, like, has helped me a lot is like sticking with one coach. You know what I mean? So are you still with Chris? Yeah, bro. So I'll always prep with Chris. I mean, I've, 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 I've had coaches that like helped off season. I've paid for like 12 weeks of this, or I've done a consult right. with mountain dog, or, you know, I've spoken to a CEDO about a protocol or something like that, but I'll always prep with Chris because one, and this is, the, this is I think this is a criteria for me is you have to understand the person and get along with the person. That's, that's number one. Yeah. Number, totally agree. Number two, totally agree. number two is they have to know what they're doing. So that's that's secondary. You know what I mean? Because even if they don't know what they're doing, you can still get there if you work together. You yeah. know what I mean? So you have to get along with them, and have to and you have to trust them, and get along with them as a as a friend and as someone you trust. And then you have they have to know what they're doing. And then after repetitive work, he understand that person understands your body and works out what works for you. You know, and and obviously as someone who's experienced, I know what works for me as well, but. That's not why I need a coach. You know, I need a coach to help me when I'm like dieting and I'm, I'm, you know, calories are low and I'm second guessing myself. Someone who knows me, someone who knows how my brain works, someone who knows how my body works, and that that I trust, so I can go. How do I look? You know, I'm not, I'm not worried about whether they're favorite with another client or whether they're too busy or something like that. It's, it's a mutual relationship. You know. So I think a lot yeah, of people yeah. are so... They've got their best intentions for you. Yeah. They've got the best intentions. Probably. I think a lot of people are so quick to just move on to the next coach because it's like a, like he's like a, a famous guy or he's he's got a pro... You, you won a few pro cards or something like that. And it's not necessarily the best fit, you know, because you end up being... Uh, um, you know, your, your personalities end up meshing or you're clashing Fresh, or something yeah. like that. And you, you don't get the best out of yourself because you, you walked away from someone who knew you would work well with you well and was actually your mate but you work went to this person because they could potentially get you a pro card it's just that's rampant in the industry bro oh, rampant yeah. it's absolutely just oh. it's gone everywhere you know it bugs me so much so i just mm. wanted to say that because i like that's one thing i credit myself on with my client but also you know it's, it's the one thing that i credit myself on saying with chris because that's i know that we'll get there you know how long have you been with Chris for now? You've been with him since day dot, yeah? Yeah, since I since IPV, bro. I did one season in IPV without him, so I did the 2014 FitX, and then okay. the next the next shows I did with him. Yeah, because I've been I've been I've been well, Dan's Dan's with um, Dan did his last prep, so we'll fill you in, Timmy. So Dan did his last um, the last prep with Chris, so he's just switched over to Chris. Yep. And um, oh, you you, you tell us. Well, I did. Uh, Dan, like, story, so bro. I did Worlds. Was the last show I did, which was yep. twenty nine. Is this is this IFBB? Uh, WBFF. Yeah, WBFF. yeah. Yep. So I did Worlds there. Uh, I think I got seventh, um, and then I left my. I was uh, with Jake, uh, one of my good mates. He's prepped me for pretty much the entire. Well, not the entire time actually. Um, I've had a cut one or two here and there, but um, yeah, 
we had Chris on the other week, and um, I was saying to Chris, you know, because yeah. I'm judging a lot of the shows, so when I'm sitting there judging, you yeah. know, you start to see clients coming through that are, you know, peak condition, and you, you see the pattern and be like, okay, this coach knows what yeah. he's doing, this coach knows, or she knows what she's doing. Um, yes. And then I'd always spoken to Chris backstage and, you know, just having yarns here and there, and and then, um, so I always knew that I wanted to work with him, so, but yep. same situation, bro, was prepping for a show, um, and then we had the lockdowns and stuff, so... And I was kind of yeah. over, over it, but at the same time, I'd had injuries. I had like um, eight months off or something, lost about 10 kilo. Mm. I was just like, man, I just need something yep. to like focus me. I think we've all been there recently. Yeah. And so I just did a yep. prep up till Christmas, try to gain some size back, strip it down because it was my first prep. And we just prepped for a photo shoot just so I could, yep. you know, just to give us some data so Chris could see, you know, where my yep. body was at, see what we need to improve on mm. after the injuries and the atrophy and things like that. And then. And now we're about 16 weeks out. I'll go compete in the Bahamas. Yeah. So try to get another pro so win did, over there. You've done, you haven't done a show with him yet, though. You've done it. So just like, just like, yeah, we've just done like a, a test prep for like a photo shoot. Yeah. 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 So Chris, Chris, Chris was prepping Dan, myself, and a couple of other boys for the WBFF Australia Pro Show. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And then obviously they locked us all out from, from, from New Zealand, bro. So we couldn't come over. And then they, Excuse me. Obviously, they cancelled the show in the end, but I was as I was discussing with Dan and that, you know, what I mean, like because I've been with Chris for five or six years now, and he's mm. also one of my best mates, the same as you, Timmy. Yeah, he's one of your best mates too. You know, like for the listeners that are out there, like Timmy, Chris, and I have all had a bit of fun in Thailand before. <laughs> so there's a there's a there's a good history there oh, on the scooters. And that um, wasn't me, bro. It was another guy. <laughs> 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 yeah so um I, and you've been friends with chris probably a little bit longer than i yeah. have i think in saying that timmy so and um dan and i were talking about obviously that these guys were using it just like he was saying mm. just to try and work out his body and, and try and map out what he can and can't do mm. and obviously work out his weaker body points to improve on mm. once he gets down to obviously the 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 um body fat index or the the conditioning side of where he's sitting at so we can try and work out ideally uh or what they were working out ideally where he needs to improve and then what they can do better um, for the next one, which I think was probably the best thing Dan yeah. could have done yeah. in regards to working with Chris because now Chris has the data yes. like Dan was saying. Now, Chris has plenty of data on you and I, Timmy, in regards to our shows. So yeah. when, like I know when I contact Chris and I'm, I still do an off-season with him anyway, we still do the nutrition in the off-season. And Chris is just like, we're doing this, this is what's work. Don't fuck it up. You can't, mm. you can't. You can't stuff this. This is what works. We've been doing That's it for right. too many years now. Just yeah. stick with that, you know? And like you were saying, Tim, with all these with these clients and that, some of them just are jumping and jumping and jumping. You got no you get gauge. to a point where you do mm. so much No, you get so yeah. so far with these guys and you get them in such good shape. And then before you know it, they're like, Oh no, I want to do something better. Yeah. Or there's there's another way to do something. It's like, fuck man, like, all right, you, you do what you gotta do. Like yeah. no hard feelings. But you can't you can't gauge a, a, an athlete or or um, a client's, um, uh, what do you call it, criteria and endpoint because you don't get an opportunity to work a couple of yeah. seasons with them. But not only, you know? and that's not the only thing, is like... that sacrificing what you've worked with, it's now putting the new coach in a position where they don't actually even know what they're doing. Mm. So you're going from someone who no. knows what they're doing to potentially someone who could risk not actually doing well because they haven't worked with them for a long time. So it's like, it's never any, even if this coach is like a superstar, you're coming to them later, you know what I mean? So you, you got to work with them a long period of time to then get to that same point with that person. Even if they're, you know, uh, Hardy Rumbord or something, you're still going to want to know how your body works. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's um, one of the biggest things that, like, um, you know, if you're wanting to get the most out of your prep, 
is is work with someone before the prep, you know? Yeah. That's actually probably pretty good advice, actually. Like, it's very true, because I've got a lot of, I've got a, I've got a, we've probably got eight or nine clients at the moment that I haven't really worked with that have jumped on board. Mm. And in saying that, like, I, we're just doing a slight off season to actually work out what's going on with their bodies, mm-hmm. just to find out, obviously, gut health, working out uh, injury point, digestive track, try and work out exactly all the basic and the essentials mm-hmm. that need to be done before they start their prep. Mm-hmm. I think it's crucial. Yeah. I think it's absolutely crucial. Because it, it, it helps us as coaches gauge. I think it helps us gauge fucking exactly what the can and can't do. And, and then you work out intolerances too because like, not everyone wants to eat chicken and fucking broccoli, bro. Like, yeah. just, you know, like it's, an old, it's an old school mentality. But at the end of the day, when, when shit really needs to move, especially from a, a body fat percentage, and you're trying to get those numbers down to single digits, mm. unfortunately, you, you have to suffer. Yeah. You know, so trying to work out what their digestive um, system or tract actually does in how they absorb that nutri- nutrients is quite a big big element mm. inside of their off-season. You know, yep. if, you, if you're pushing, like you were saying earlier, man, like it comes with age, obviously, with our food and our nutrition and, and how much calories we can and can't do and so on and so forth before we start getting fat. But <laughs> if you work out to a point where you're eating so much food and your body's not absorbing the nutrients because you're just shitting it out or you, you're getting to a point where you're feeling so sick you can't get your next meal in, then obviously there's something going on with your digestion. Yep. With your digestion, there is no. There's something going on with inside of your lower gut that's actually not helping you take that nutrients out. It's just rejecting. That's it. right. So what's the point of eat? What's the point of eating it? Yep. You know what I mean? Exactly but, right. And you don't learn these things if a, you just go to someone. You know, they don't. Weeks man, out. they don't fucking get it. Yeah. They don't get it. Yeah. And they, and when and you get someone like twenty weeks out that comes to you and says, "Hey, this is what I've been doing." It's like. It's a fucking mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then and then you get them on good nutrition for the next four weeks till they get the sixteen weeks, and then you start cutting them down a little bit, and they start getting pretty good results. Mind you, you should be anyway if they stick into a plan. Mm. But in doing that, you're still trying to work out digestively if they mm. can still hold the food, mm. and, it, and you're still trying you to know, learn the so. habits too. You know, when you when you're taking someone in that first prep, you're kind of leading in blind as to what their habits are and how 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 adherent they are to their diet. You know, and it could be it could be a few weeks that. out, and you find out that oh, these pricks, what's going on here, like. The, the weight's not yeah. dropping. What are you doing? You know, and half the time they'll every- they'll blame it on the coach, and they might leave them, go yeah. to another coach, give them a shit name. But really, they were just the same thing the happens. Work, you know? Everyone yeah. has a different so- psychological like barrier too. You know, everyone's like, for example, Chris knows he could he could like push me through whatever, make me suffer for twenty weeks, no cheat meal. Someone else wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. So they need a certain structure with, with their carb ups or whatever it is, like. You know, you, you've got to know how your client ticks and how they think in order to know how to hard to push them as well. Mm. You know, so it's not just 100%. physical. It's a mental aspect to the whole thing, and I think yeah. that's part comes with the coaching side. So, um, but we'll jump on to the next uh, next part. Yeah. So, currently with your currently with your um, with how you, you talk about, which is the same topic of nutrition and yeah. stuff like that. So, what do do you have a a structure that you may set up a basic client with, with their food, so their fats, proteins, and carbs? Do you sort of mm. guess what sort of body type they are and then you gauge from that, bro? Or how do you normally set up a new client? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll do a pretty like extensive like questionnaire or I'll, I'll have a chat with them on the phone depending on who, what type of package they're doing. Um, and then from that, I'll gauge sort of, you know, obviously I'll see, like the visual, like the pictures usually tells everything. Um, you know, if someone's holding a bit too much body fat, you, you, you go a little lighter on the carbs. But for the most part, what I'll start everyone with is a maintenance calorie. So I'll calculate a maintenance calorie um, based on, you know, based on what I'm about to give them, not not what they're, what 
software they're doing already, but what I'm about to give them in terms of training. So I'll work out what the maintenance is for that. And then I'll give them training, give them the food. And what I would expect to see in the first month is, um, you know, like they're visually, visually improved, but not necessarily anything. I'm not expecting anything with weight. So if it goes up, that doesn't matter. If it goes down, it doesn't matter. But I'm looking for them to visually, you know, get a little leaner, drop a bit of fluid and just feel good. So the first month is generally just maintenance, health, you know, get response um, and train, train well, adjust the training, work on different things with that. And so that, then once we've got all that stuff balanced, we can go, okay, you, you know, you're getting too heavy, let's cut the food back or you, you're losing too much weight, let's add the food. And usually most women, most women that I work with, that maintenance amount of calories, their weight drops too far. You know what I mean? They actually drop tons right. of weight, you know, because um, their body's starting to- A lot of it's information, food. isn't it? I find it's information, but yeah. I think it's gut soon information. As soon as they clean yeah. up the diet. Or it's, it's an allergy to something. Yeah, and, 100%. And as soon as you clean it up, that information goes. Under eating yep. too. Lots of females yep. under eat like, by like a thousand calories, bro. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. And then um, and then with guys too, it's usually like a training balance thing. Like they're, they're overeating all the time, but then under eating when they need to. And so when you put certain foods at the right times, you know, you're sort of putting more food around your training you know, less food on, on rest days, that sort of thing. You, you, you tend to see a lot of that stuff balance and um, you're getting more out of your training and not necessarily stressing your system out all the time. Um, yeah, especially with young guys too. I got a lot of young guys. So I got a lot of a lot of 18, 19, because they sort of want to get big and they, you know, they, they, they sort of do the whole thing the wrong way and then they, they, they realize they don't know what they're doing. So they reach out and, um, you know, when you're 18, 19, you need so much food. But it's it's getting the timing of the food rather than just stuffing your body all the time. It's getting the timing of the food to match when it's needed, um, you know. And so that sort of stuff's really really important too, especially straight away. You know, once you get that once you get that sort of first month out of the way, then it becomes really clear what you need to do. You know, so I think um, focusing on health, focusing on maintenance calories, that's the the you know the first objective, hundred percent. And so, when it comes to the training aspect for your for a new client jumping on board, do you do you sort of give them a split, or do you sort of obviously you look at their weak body points and so on and so yeah. forth from a, a from a general aspect? But do you say you might do three days on, one day off split? Do you do like train five days, have the weekend off? Do you sort of set your programming up kind of the same around most of your clients? Yeah, um, yeah, pretty much, man. Like if they don't have specific, like say for if it's a mum, single mum with you know they got kids and they need to put the you know, they've got all this other stuff to do. They'll usually tell me their limitations. Um, so it usually comes down to their limitations. If they don't have any limitations, it's usually five days. I, I don't usually go more above um, more than five, usually five. If you're doing, if, if someone's new, like the only time I've ever done more than five with a client is when they've, they're experienced and that I've been working with them for a while and they, they need that extra day for some reason. Um, but for the most part, if someone's doing five and they're not seeing results, I'd be questioning the quality of what they're doing. You know what I mean? If, if you're a new client, usually you get results on very minimal. And if you're not getting results on minimal, I start to go, okay, show me how you train. Video how you train. Show me how you train. Because it's it's something with that rather than the amount. You know what I mean? So I usually do maximum five days. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's a good one for you. So what is the best bicep grower? Bicep exercise. Bicep grower. Yep. What's your bi- best bicep exercise? Um, I'd say a preacher curl. I'd say a, I'd like a like a cable, a single arm bridge girl, just purely because of this. I know the young guys are going to love this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, keep going. The, yeah. the stability you can put it, you can you can fully. La- and so, like something I like to look at is when I'm doing it is single arm is actually watch my bicep tendon, because 
a lot of the time, most people will overextend and lose tension on the ten- on the bicep and actually go to the forearm. So the, the, what I really like about the preacher curl is you can just stare at your bicep and literally watch it until the bicep loses tension and then watch it until it fully contracts. And you can just control that all day long. Um, and you can get- The only reason I'm asking that, Tim, is because I want to know. <laughs> it's not for anyone <laughs> <Yeah>. else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's it, man. I mean, I, like, I really like cable. If you can set up a cable and do preachers with the cable – um, that's like constant tension, yeah. you know, um, some preacher machines are just terrible, but I like that because you can just watch it, you know, any, any exercises you can see physically see the muscle move and you can, and you can control the range visually. Perfect. You know, um, obviously not, you can't do that with everything, but anything that you can do that, I'll pick that over everything else. Best booty grower. <laughs> Romanian deadlifts. Good. Yeah. yeah, I have to agree. Yeah, Remain too many people do hip thrust, bro. Um, it's not even. It's like a. It's like a quad dominant hip hinge. It's not even like a. Um, it's not even like a fully stretched glute position. So I don't even know why girls do that all the time. The 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 um uh, hip thrust, you mean? Yeah, bro. Yeah, it's like it's like the most overused, under effective exercise I've ever seen. Yeah. Do you know that I've actually found um, the amount of injuries now through back posture or posterior chain through overgrown glutes now is crazy <laughs> the amount of the amount yeah. of people from a posterior point i've had to try and calculate and fix yeah what because they just they do it's nuts they, they, their glutes are too developed or because they don't know how to train their glutes they, they just they want they have this i uh, this is for the females out there they have this thing about over accentuating their glutes oh, yeah. which i get from a competitive side but the they don't understand that once you grow something especially a glute which is a big mm. muscle man that ties into your mm. hamstring they don't quite understand the um, the ability of just their posture yeah. and how bad their posture becomes yeah. because they get a lot of back pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another you thing know? you see too is like they will so, put on crazy amounts of weight. You know, they were posting it on Instagram, you know, and they're doing like yep. 160, 180 kilo freaking hip thrusts yep. and half of them can't even engage the glute. That's right. You know? yeah. They're just pushing this huge it's amount of weight quite dominant. Up, mm, you know? Mm, mm. And um, yeah. It turns into a quad movement. What's your what? What's your max squat, Timmy? Oh, dude. Uh, Right now, I do I do single okay. This is gonna blow people's mind. I do single leg hack squats with no weight. What? Is that all you do? That's it. Try. Everyone, I've done them. Yeah, I've freak, done them. Everyone, everyone go and tomorrow go and do a single leg hack squat with no weight and do do eight to ten reps aside and see if you can do it. Do another. Honestly, man, it's the, if you do it properly, it is the hardest exercise for quads. So on, um, on a machine, stability wise, because you know who I've been seeing do a lot of that is um is uh, the classic guy um 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 what's his name um um uh, who who won it before Chris oh Ainsley oh yeah oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Ainsley does them. He he's he's big on them. He does them all the time. And obviously, he trains with yep. um Chris um what's his name um Chris fucking uh, Cormier. Uh, Chris Cormier, yeah. and he's got him doing them, bro. Yeah. Like, and I, like I watch some. I don't really watch a lot of his YouTube because I can't stand him yeah. talking. He's a bit of a bit of a dick, but yeah, dude, what's with um, the hair yeah. though? I <laughs> know, oh, man. Just cut the fucking thing. Like seriously, he, he's a good bodybuilder, um, bro. But he would he would be ten times better if he just shaved his head down. Yeah. <laughs> he look way bigger if he yeah. shaved his mop. It's like how his, his hair's out angling your shoulders. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, are you doing those um <laughs> those hex squats on yeah. the machine? Yeah, Single just the, ha- the like the hammer strength hack squat. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but the thing is, so like because I'm quad dominant, if I do a full session on just quads, I'll be tight for like you know the whole week. It'll just be you know in, it'll be hindering my other stuff. So I have to do quads at the end of the week, and I'll do like it, it's like 
two sets of quads, uh, two exercises of quads with three sets. One exercise at the moment is the hack squat. The other one's leg press. And I still do like a hamstring dominant stance for yeah, leg yeah. press. So I really... And That's fucked really, up. That is so freaky. Yeah, man. I really don't need any quads because I'm still doing all of like deadlifts. I'm still doing, um, you know, leg presses. I'm, I'm doing, you know, normal squats. Um, I'm doing a lot of, I'm doing a lot of quad movements, but I'm not like, like hitting the quads directly. Specifically using it for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll do like, I'll right. do like Smith machine squats and stuff like that. Just trying to like really position myself on my posterior rather than drive through quads because I could load up and do, I mean, I could do like nine, nine plate hack squats and just do quads and not have, hit anything but quads. But it's not, it's not helping my physique. You know what I mean? Mm. It's the same as, you know, who I found freaky, bro, and, like, it was a freak for a long time, was Luke Timms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, I'm telling you now, man, like, I remember in Thailand, bro, so like... Underrated. He, so he underrated. Is underrated, man, but these guys' physique was just... His legs, mm. bro, were so freaky. Mm. Like, I like I, I was um, I was in awe of them. Mm. They, like, when we were in Thailand, bro, he never... He hadn't trained for 12 yeah. months, and they were ginormous. Yeah, bro, he's, like, honestly the most underrated bodybuilder <laughs> ever like it's like he, he didn't yeah. have a, he didn't have a very well developed back but like his the rest of him was just absolutely mutated bro it was ridiculous he was a mutant he was yeah, a mutant yeah. wasn't he yeah and he used to he used, yeah, to, so, he used um, to um because i used to train with him a fair bit at Southside because i was i was good mates with him and i used to go um train with him in thailand and stuff like that a fair bit and he used to bro he, his diet was like protein shakes because he he was someone who just hated diet um eating he could never eat enough food. He hated eating. That's and right. Every, yeah, he just every single eating. coach he had would like force him to eat. And even when he was dieting for a show, bro, he just would skip meals and stuff like that. And um, he would just go through a tub of protein a week, bro, because he just hated eating. Holy he shit. would just have like protein shakes at every meal, <laughs> and he would eat ice cream and stuff. He, bro, he was he was a genetic gift. He was the most freaky genetically person ever. He would just you know eat ice cream and protein shakes and just get peeled. You know. He did Gatorade, yeah, yeah. Gatorade and tuna. <laughs> yes. uh, oh shit oh shit um what you guys you got dan what else you got um, for big timmy i'm just curious like how how regimented are you with your with your meals your timing you know how are you on plan all year round or during your off season and that yeah yeah man i mean uh when i pulled the pin on that show i kind of just went like you know how you're still regimented because you still have that routine. It's like a habit, yeah. but you don't eat the same things. Like you, you start eating corn chips randomly and you start eating a bit of ice cream. It's still, it's still six meals a day. I always follow that. It's always like, you know, I always have to, like, I can't even leave the house unless I eat straight away. Like I just can't do it mentally. So I'm always habitually doing that stuff. But I guess the, the strictness of the diet will depend on what I'm trying to do with my training. So right now I'm trying to be a little bit more strict because I, I want to see results in the gym. You know, I want to, I don't necessarily care about how I look, I just want to see results in the gym. So I know that eating a mud cake uh, in the middle at, at nighttime is probably not going to help me with training like that. At nighttime when I'm trying to sleep, you know, it's not necessarily what I'm trying to do and, and whether it's going to help me do that, you know. So right now I don't really care about visual, but obviously visual comes once performance being enhanced. And so when you're training at your opt- at ultimate best, then you're physically going to look better. Um, so right now I'm eating like I'm eating six meals a day and I'll, I'll always follow that all year round. I'm pretty strict with that. But the, the types of foods will be a little bit more relaxed depending on where I'm at with the training. You know, it really comes down to the training. Yeah, bro. Yeah. So the are way you, I do it tracking is the I'll calories, just or go, you just sort of eyeball um, 800 to 1,000 calories a meal. And I'll start, 
like when I started back eating, I was doing three meals and then I went to four meals and now I'm doing five and I'll, I want to get it to six. So then I'll be eating 6,000 uh, because it's 800 or between, you know, 5,000, 6,000, depending on what's in the meal. So what what would what would actually be like yep. run us through so just in the morning, three, it's three meals for the day? So your breakfast, lunch, or, and pre workout um, or something. You know, something dense like that, like a carb, like a quick carb dense though. Um, no, no, like um, like no sugary stuff, but just like a like a dense quick carb that digests quickly. Um, and I'll have some I'll have some gluten free bread or something like that with some almond butter. Sometimes if I don't have the appetite, I'll just have a protein shake. Otherwise, I'll cook a little steak. So just be a little bit of protein in the morning with a, a, a bunch of, carbs. and then I'll usually eat. I'll eat two meals and then I'll train. So I'll have that meal, which is pretty high carb. And then the second meal is like a little bit more protein, like maybe like a, a, a full steak and maybe like a hundred grams of rice. But with that, I'll have, you know, pre-workout carbs. I'll have, you know, maybe I'll eat like a muffin or something like that just to get a little bit extra calories in. And then I'll go and train. So I'll have two meals and then train. Um, and then the post-workout is usually the highest carb meal. So I'll eat, try and get like 250 grams of carbs in and like maybe 40, 50 grams of protein. And there's no fat in that meal. Yeah. So usually it's like it's like high carb in the morning and then moderate carbs and then high carbs post workout. Right. And yeah. then for the rest of the day it's like okay. moderate carbs, yep. higher fats. Bro, I I stopped feeling hungry at about twenty eight hundred. Did you struggle to get that, so those like, calories? No, in? Sure. Is it everything for you everything or? not too bad. Everything yeah. Everything after that is just like I don't know. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. <laughs> it's a struggle. I was, hungry, I was probably last hungry, you know, around around New Year's Eve. It's for force feeding, eh? <laughs> it's just the way it is, bro. I I can diet all year long. Yeah. Do, that's why I love that <laughs> I, I thrive in that diet, you know. Whereas off season, oh, man, funny, I'm just miserable, bro. Yeah. Like it is. I only do it because I want the training result. I don't. I don't do it because I want to be big. You know, I like being big, but like, if it was just about the food and not the training, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I kind of sporadically do that, man. Like, I actually really need to start doing that. Um, Are you doing any I'm, sort of cardio of the, at the minute, bro? Like, you're yeah, doing any because little because walks or anything for the day? No, or? I need to start doing that. Um, but I'll try and just. I'll, I'll sort of do it on and yeah. off. I kind of like. I've been walking every morning, bro. I'm speeding yeah. up, and then I'll just stop it. Um, I don't like to do it all the time because it's it starts to affect my legs a little bit, you know. Um, but but um, but yeah, I'll try and do it sort of like just when I'm starting to get to that put, uh, part where I'm not progressing right. with calories or training, it's not sort of getting that because I need more food. I'll try and do a bit of, do it a walk in the morning. Yep. Yeah, and and just two man like. I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but when you've been like OCD just to try and get a digestive for weeks and weeks and weeks, you get to sort of like this brain fog yeah. where you're not necessarily, it's not depression, but it's like, it's sort of like you, you really like, um, you're just physically spent, you know, you don't have this sort of like ability to just be happy randomly. You know what I mean? It's like this sort of like, I don't know. It's like maybe like an obsession or, you know, you just haven't really done anything different for a while. And so I feel like getting out and going for a walk first thing in the morning allows you to sort of step outside of bodybuilding and if you don't think about it as part of bodybuilding it allows you to step outside you know go for a walk you know in the sun and it just gets your mental health good you know because if you do the same shit every day man it's very easy to just you can you can get to a point where you just 
like lose it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you want to sort of stay on top of that part so that you don't get, you know, that's the hardest thing about bodybuilding is just being consistent. That's the hardest thing. Mentally consistent. It's, it, it is honestly, everything else is easy. It is, it comes down to being, you know, regimented and, and mundane yeah. all the time. That is the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. Like getting your, the training's the fun part. That's right. The dieting's, yeah. you know, I mean, everyone's different, but like for me, I struck. I, I can go yeah. through phases where I'm like locked in and, and diet's a piece of cake and like I don't that, even think about it and I feel great. And then other times and, it's like and, you just hit you know, the wall. Just doing a little like, bit of oh, different man, things during the day. Maybe drop the you know? food back a little bit or just sort of switch up the approach just to sort of get yeah, that yeah. edge again mentally because that's the key. You know, you don't want to get to that point where you just start dropping, you know, dropping a ball and being like we're lazy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anything else, Chris? <laughs> um, no, just that you're a big fucking gorilla-looking oh, thing at the minute. You're just a big yep. boy, you know? I think um, I, th- I think it's inspired me just to be a little bit more tougher on myself a little bit, bro. Like, I'm pretty good, man, my, even with my training and nutrition and that. But just hearing you speak about just, you know, your optimal goal is yeah. not just mm. about your size, but just how you are trying to schedule yeah. and work around your training to try and enhance your training is pretty cool. I think that's that's a really good aspect yeah. of and vision that you have at the minute and comps are sort of on the yeah. back burner to some degree because you're trying your best to try and improve your training. I think that's it's different. Like a lot of people would just be like, nah, yeah. I just got to show, 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 show. Whereas for you, it's like, no, nah, you know, fuck that. I just, my food and nutrition is just around my training. I want my training to excel, which mm-hmm. is, which is kind of cool. Cause I, I'm, I, 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 I feel for me, and I'm not speaking for Dan, yeah. but for me, bro, like I, I, I love training. Like training's like, I love getting under a bar and squatting. I love fucking deadlifting. I love pressing. You know, like I love heavy lifts. Happy place. I just love being in the gym. It's just, it's yeah. my, it's my, it's my, my absolute, um, um, you know, it's my, it's sort of happy place, man. Yeah. It just gets me, gets me going, you know? So, um, yeah, I just uh, we appreciate um, you coming on, man, well, and, and tell us about uh, yourself and that. TikTok, and but um, we'll you know, where, where can people find you, bro? Like, I don't, what, I don't what's, your, what's your digits? There, but um, I do have a TikTok, but ma- mainly, man, Instagram. So just Tim underscore nine one. That's pretty much where I do everything out of. Um, you know, I have all my sort of actually created a, uh, the link tree thing, so it has yeah, all cool. the all the other stuff on there. Um, you know. Um, yeah, I'm always taking on like the right client, you know, um, if someone's hardworking and they're saying, are you taking on clients at the minute? Along, always, always give someone a call. If they inquire, always give them a call and we'll just, we'll just chat. I won't cool. even talk about coaching or anything like that. I'll just have a chat and see what they're about. And then if we get along, man, like it just sells itself. I don't even need to, I don't even need to do anything. It's just, it's easy. You know, they just sort of, it works. So that's what I care most about is, is if I can mesh with my client and, and we can get along, then, you know, the coaching will take care of itself. Yeah. Okay. So pretty much there, yep. if people are trying to get in contact with you at the moment, got Tim McKinnon on, and if you guys need to uh, reach him, uh, just yeah, check out his Instagram. Uh, the, the plug uh, for, for his, um, Thanks, for his gram, we'll put on the Out Angle <laughs> you too, bro. podcast. All right. Thanks, so, um, appreciate hey, appreciate it. you coming on, bro. Thanks for having a yarn. Um, a good little laugh, bro. It's good to see you, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to meet you, man. And um, yep. 
you got a good mature outlook on, you know, I don't think most, a lot of people are missing things in their, the way they approach Appreciate bodybuilding, that. but I think you've got a well-rounded Thanks, brother. That, that um, philosophy and the way you do things and um, you're going to go far, man. You've got an awesome physique All and right. mindset Peace. to boot. Awesome. Appreciate it, Timmy. Take care, mate. We'll talk soon. See you, bro.